Hello from the Global Legal Blockchain Consortium Annual Meeting at National Harbor, Maryland. I am Pearson Greider. And I'm Stevie Chiasi. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, we're talking with Stevie, and we're talking about blockchain. So Stevie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your organization, and what initiated your interest with blockchain? Yeah, so um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of uh, Legala. We're based in Australia, uh, a legal technology company, obviously. And um, in my spare time, I'm fortunate enough to be the president of the Australian Legal Technology Association. So We've got about 40 startup members, uh, all building very innovative legal technology uh, in Australia. And we kind of started our journey about uh, two years ago, building a secure online communication tool for uh, the legal industry, uh, mostly targeted at at the solos and the small law firms of the world, although we've got all walks of life uh, using the platform. And um, our vision was always to build uh, the world's largest legal ecosystem and uh, as part of that we started exploring legal technology to create new types of business models uh, and one of those was legal aid which is uh, a decentralized legal charity and when we got out uh, to build that we realized that the infrastructure is still pretty new and so now um, we realized there was an opportunity to, to build the blockchain infrastructure for the future of legal services so um, that set us down the path and, and now we're building basically uh, everything that you would need to build decentralized applications for the legal industry and at the Global Legal Blockchain Consortium's annual meeting this year, there were several demonstrations and presentations of blockchain technology. I know you went over a little bit about, about your technology, but what did you specifically present during the annual meeting? Yeah, so if you've been in the blockchain space for any amount of time, you uh, hear ad nauseum about the $2 billion, uh, unbanked. So there's a lot of financial inclusion services, and, and naturally the first use case uh, for Bitcoin, uh, for blockchain was Bitcoin. So, um, you know, helping bring people that didn't previously have a bank account uh, online. But the next figure you kind of hear about is people without internet, which is 3.5 million. And that's not much uh, fun having Bitcoin without internet connection. So, um, you know, lots of new technologies being targeted at those two problems. Uh, But the elephant in the room is that um, according to the United Nations, 4 billion people, uh, more than half the world's population live without access to justice and the rule of law. So um, there's a bigger problem sitting there and, and, these technologies can be applied in a similar way to actually uh, make legal services more accessible. So we basically uh, shared for the first time our vision for that. And again, that includes um, a new type of public blockchain for the legal industry and specifically with privacy features that help create private smart contracts. And on top of that, we're building a software layer that we want developers and businesses to be able to come and leverage and to be able to really easily build uh, decentralized applications. So these types of applications could be um, anything from a referral network, an Uber for law. But again, you're taking out the uh, the middleman. So there's no intermediaries because you can use escrow and uh, cryptocurrencies. So you're able to offer services much cheaper. So you can imagine a litigation fund that's been raised by the crowd but tokenized and fractionalized. So you can, for the first time, own a small part of a litigation fund. And, and these types of business models weren't previously possible um, and blockchain's making that possible. So we just shared a bit of our vision for, for bringing that to the market. 
And our, I guess, pride and joy and, and the showcase for this technology, um, as mentioned earlier, is Legal Aid, which uh, has two main types of uh, offerings. One is uh, a matching service for uh, lawyers that are interested in, in doing pro bono. They can connect with community legal centers that are, uh, are vetting clients that are walking off the street that are meeting a means and merits test uh, showing they're disadvantaged. And those lawyers are then able to help and be matched with those clients and rewarded through um, a cryptocurrency uh, rewards token, much like a frequent flyers. And you can also um, raise funds from the crowd. So social justice cases can basically go through a Kickstarter scenario and raise money for cases that uh, really that the, the people want to get behind. And that's all done completely transparently. So for the first time, you can see as a charity where all your money goes, because again, it's sitting in smart contracts, completely transparent, and you can follow the dollar all the way to uh, making a difference in a client's life. Wonderful. What type of feedback have you received uh, or are you looking to receive from uh, this solution? Well, it's been great. Again, uh, GLBC was a great opportunity to uh, announce this to um, the global audience for the first time. And it was a great platform to do that. So lots of like-minded people in, in the audience and um, also on the stage. And the feedback's been quite um, overwhelming. So we, we did announce at, a, at, at the time as well that we just received uh, $1.5 million in, in funding, in seed funding to conduct a, a public sale. And so um, from all sides, there's been a lot of momentum and it's been quite uh, chaotic and um, in, a, in a good way. But the reception was great. I mean, we connected with law firms like Baker Hotstiller the, that are really bullish on, on cryptocurrencies and just implemented a internal rewards token. So, um, you know, it's really uh, amazing who's been working on what because, again, we announced this and um, it really attracted all the uh, right people. Thomson Reuters, who also presented the Contract Express product, they were really interested in collaborating on some um, – they were in the audience and we, we, we had a great chat afterwards and – they're quite interested in legal ID, so they have a lot of data on the world's lawyers and judges and just a lot of data in general on the industry. So looking at ways that we could leverage that to provide a better service. So, yeah, it's been great. So connecting with law firms, um, small, uh, medium, large, and also lots of legal technology companies. Um, again, one of the other presenters, uh, Legal Beagle, uh, has some really great solutions and doing some great work on access to justice. And so we um, have opened some conversations with them. And naturally, uh, with Integra Ledger, we'd like to um, integrate over time to make sure that, we, you know, we have matching standards and schemas so that um, you can kind of traverse from a public blockchain to a permission blockchain quite easily. Wonderful. Congratulations on that. Are there any challenges that you're anticipating about um, providing your uh, solution and product? Of course, the legal industry has notoriously been uh, maybe a slow adopter of technology in general. But what's quite amazing right now is just this climate around uh, innovation. I think it's taken a long time for legal tech to really shine uh, through both funding um, and also adoption. But now um, I think that we're at a time where you know the market's changed uh, and the, the law firms have finally changed uh, their mentality. So you know, legal Zoom uh, raising five hundred million dollars. Kira raising $50 million. So there's big money flowing into the industry. And uh, at the same time, there's great use cases uh, popping up uh, within the, just the blockchain sphere. So um, again, Integral Ledger is um, one good indication of that. The Global Legal Blockchain Consortium is another. So um, I think it's uh, close to 90 members now. And uh, in Australia, they've announced 
the Australian National Blockchain. So a consortium between law firms, uh, Herbert Smith Freehills is, is one of the driving law firms behind that. But um, they're c collaborating with IBM and Data61 so to create a national infrastructure for blockchain and law firms and businesses to collaborate. So all of that combined is really changing the, the conversation. And naturally, groups like Accord Project, uh, you know, there's so much great stuff happening. Open Law has uh, announced a collaboration with with Rocket Lawyer. So I think what's happening now is the conversation is changing for the CIOs, the CTOs, and just law lawyers in general. One big, I wouldn't say concern, but you know, a lawyer's uh, core commodity is a contract. So when you hear about smart contracts and automation, um, you know, naturally things like that really you know, prick up the ears and uh, they get quite intrigued about what the future of the industry is going to look like. So I think blockchain is really creating that conversation. So, you know, there's a lot of challenges just given um, the complex nature of the technology. It's a bit like a train coming at full speed and you got to lay out the tracks as the train's coming. So a lot of this infrastructure, just like we experienced, uh, we got to build for the first time and there's a lot of research and a lot of experimentation. Um, and again, these blockchains carry a lot of value in terms of the, the assets that lie in there. So you need to make sure security is um, really well researched and, and tested. So um, again, we're in the early stages. We're building out an MVP for legal aid and working with some law firms and legal community centers on that and legal ID as well. So we're putting those two out into the market where we think um, adoption can happen a lot quicker as well. Um, and we'd like to see maybe a lawyer their first experience with um, cryptocurrency being potentially some rewards they've earned for doing pro bono work. That would be a great um, and satisfying thing to see. So what type of role would you like to have uh, within the JLBC and also legaler having the JLBC along with any type of solutions that you would like to see come out of it? Yeah, I think it's um, early days. And, and one good thing with JLBC and the current climate, again, everyone knows it's quite early. Uh, everyone knows that we need to collaborate uh, both across the solutions and the research, but also across standards. And I think that's one um, really key uh, thing that is, is going to happen. And, and just given that it's a global consortium, you know, you can get insight from all the different countries involved, the regulatory concerns, uh, you know, GDPR is a big concern across Europe, but not only for the companies based in Europe, but also companies servicing those customers. So blockchain obviously brings some complexities about around things like right to be forgotten. Uh, so again, just creating standards um, around security, uh, again, around schemas, around uh, APIs, just in general, how uh, things will work, given it's the legal industry, um, <laughs> it's important to get that right. So um, again, Accord Project's doing a great job of that. I think the GLBC will uh, collaborate and also do a great job of that also. Um, and with Legler itself, obviously, there's some, I'll call them limitations right now with existing public solutions. So Ethereum is probably the most common for smart contracts, um, you know, offering a during complete uh, virtual machine. So there's a few scaling solutions, maybe that you can call them second layer uh, scaling solutions that can allow you to create blockchains that run off of the main chain. Um, so we're currently researching ways to create a connection between our blockchain, which is again calibrated for the needs of the legal industry, but also um, leveraging the economic security of you know thirty to fifty billion dollars, depending on what day of the week it is. Um, blockchain like Ethereum. So what that means is that we can have uh, very fast computation, very fast implementation. We don't have to really have consensus uh, over many you know sometimes years to implement implement one um, upgrade or, or, or feature. So we can have um, a very, very fast blockchain running with privacy elements 
but it's still got the economic security uh, using things like plasma cash that we're researching right now. Um, you can have the economic security of a broader public blockchain. So what that means is that uh, you, you can still have, I guess, settlement or enforcement done on Ethereum, but you can have computations happen really fast on a public blockchain. And, you know, it'd be nice to kind of be, I guess, that Ethereum for the legal industry. So it sounds like uh, blockchain is starting to be more accepted within the legal industry as a possible technology solution. Are there any myths that you would like to dispel or still trying to, uh, you know, overcome and or challenges with blockchain? Yeah, I guess the key offering, the value proposition the blockchain offers is decentralization. Um, so we've had, you know, numerous uh, types of evolutions in just networks and, and databases themselves. So I think um, really having businesses, developers think long and hard about the use case they're trying to uh, deliver through blockchain technology and making sure that's one that's worth doing because it's not often easy. Um, again, the technology is quite new. It can be expensive and slow. Um, and so one of the things that, again, we're doing with our side chain is that we can actually offer faster and cheaper computations so you don't have to compete with gas fees on Ethereum because you're not competing with you know a multi-million dollar transaction just to get one uh, maybe update on your legal or ID reputation. So there's a lot of, I guess, reverse engineering of ideas, both for ICOs, um, for um, blockchain solutions. That's good, but um, again, uh, it could not uh, provide the best solution in the end. So I think, you know, the, the blockchain is not the be all and end all um, solution for everything. And it's, there's, there's a process, right? So you really need to see what data you need to um, share. You need to see what data needs to be uh, transparent across all stakeholders. And again, there's different types of blockchains out there with permission, public, private. But ultimately, um, I think the key benefit and the, the promise of this technology is decentralization. And, you know, there's various impediments to that currently, whether it's like uh, mining pools that have too much, uh, uh, too much of the hash rate, um, whether it's, um, you know, centralized authorities taking control of certain... Uh, blockchains. So ultimately, um, you know, the same way Bitcoin promised anyone that's, you know, unbanked currently, they can have an actual bank, not just a bank account, a bank in their pocket with a mobile phone connection. You know, decentralization really has the power to really change the fabric of society. And it's a pretty exciting time. So Stevie, previously, you mentioned that there was a software layer. What does that entail? So one of the challenges that we encountered initially was, uh, Again, the lack of infrastructure that currently exists so for decentralized technologies and specifically for the legal industry. So we're offering a software layer. It's basically a software development kit that sits atop of the blockchain and, again, calibrated for the requirements of the legal industry. And this creates the base of that infrastructure so that others can come and build decentralized applications and it'll be open source. And, again, we're starting with legal ID, which is a self-sovereign identity uh, you know, for a lawyer it can have all your reviews uh, from multiple different platforms, your reputation. You can update your profile in one place and you can update across different platforms, giving you the ability to single sign-on. And even the communication tool we've built today will open source that so others can integrate that into their platforms. And the rest of the, uh, the suite looks a bit like transaction tools, uh, payment tools, uh, dispute resolution that's automated through smart contracts. And again, all these are autonomous applications, but they integrate and they can be used as individual building blocks uh, as part of the SDK. So we're pretty excited to get that out to the market and you know, um, things like electronic signature. You can integrate that into your decentralized application, 
but uh, signatures are being hashed to the blockchain. So there's uh, immutable evidence of a document being signed by parties. Things like that are pretty exciting. So again, we're starting with the ID part, naturally being the first part of any uh, platform and then kind of moving on to the rest of the, the, the suite of tools. Uh, before we close out for today, I have one last question for you. If our listeners would like to follow up with you and find out more about Legaler, how do they reach you? So the easiest way is uh, legaler.com, which is legal with an E-R on the end. And uh, you can kind of get me personally at Twitter at, at Giasi, G-H-I-A-S-S-I, or Legaler HQ. And we also have uh, Blockchain for Law, which is blockchainfor.law, which is a global private network of uh, legal industry um, stakeholders that are interested in the intersection of law and blockchain. So we have um, you know all types of people in there that really um, provide insight from regulatory to token sales to security. So it's, it's a great um, way to stay in touch. So feel free to find me in there. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.